The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. May the 4th be with you. Can you name four characters from any of the Star Wars movies? Four of them, go. Luke Skywalker... Uh, Chewie, um, uh, Layla, or Ly- what the hell's her name? Okay, yeah. I give up. He couldn't even come up with Darth freaking Vader. <laughs> Death Vader lives. I made it clear last night that if we opened with that, I was going to walk off. It might floor you. I mean, don't waste your time reading, uh, reading crap like that. It might floor you. I mean, don't waste your time you know i was may the fourth be with you michael florio i was having a really good day i was in a really good mood until that i had forgotten about that and uh now the rest of the day is ruined (laughs) all that all that can happen now is we can get to may the fifth and it's Cinco de Mayo. And oh, I can forget. Off with his head, Sims. Chop his head off. <laughs> tell your, tell your dad. I said hi. Shouldn't it be? <laughs> wait a minute. That's that. There's a that that. Go, let's go back to the other one. <laughs> tell your dad. I said hi. Takes on great significance when it's Darth Vader versus his dad. Oh, maybe. I don't know if we can do the timeline here. Wouldn't it be something if Jim Harbaugh was actually your father? I don't think the math works, but that would be a hell of a plot twist if you found out that Jim Harbaugh was actually your father, you would react the same way that Luke Skywalker did. Yes, I, think. I would. I, I definitely would. I'd, I'd try to I'd try to kill him with that, my saber. <laughs> my that kind of works, especially with Chris Sims as Grogu. Look closely. Oh. He's Grogu, the baby, the child. That's actually a pretty good show. I'm not a big Star Wars person, but The Mandalorian's a good show. And I remember that from a year or two ago. Damn. The Star Wars. They uh, gave me, they, they the put me in Layla me. there. That's the, EJ put me in Layla. Uh, that was great. Well, Thanks, you know EJ. what? Until you get her name right, you're going to be her. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Layla. <laughs> uh, all right. All right. Uh, here we go. The Packers selected Devontae Wyatt from Georgia, despite some off-field issues. Bart Scott, formerly of the New York Jets, the Baltimore Ravens. He was one of the guys elbow to elbow with Phil Simms on CBS's NFL Today. Here he is on ESPN Radio 
talking about the red flags that Devontae Wyatt brings to the Green Bay Packers. They need to get tough up the middle. And I know Wyatt may have some some type of uh, off the field off issues. the field issues, but you have to be able to have, get some tough guys, and everybody can't be choir boys. You know, you know. When I was with the Ravens, we had to make sure that we had at least two people on the team with a couple felonies, just to make sure our street cred was right. When we had to go into these back alleys and pass some of these dog fights, sometimes you got to have some people that's not no choir boys. That's why you have a strong locker room to hold them in check. Yeah, but I mean, you we had, be careful we, with the felonies. I, I said, listen, we, listen, we had listen. We were, they, the funniest sign I've ever seen in my life was 52. Plus 31 equals 10 to 20. It was Ray Lewis plus Jamal Lewis equals 10 to 20 in prison. So, listen, you got to have some guys with you know, Terrell Suggs be the dude with a, with, a, with a stop sign coming out of Arizona State. You know what I mean? you got to have a couple guys like that. We can clean them up. We can get them counseling. But you got to have a couple goons, and you definitely got to have some goo goblins. And you got to get a couple. Then you know what? Somebody threw a lifeline there. And he threw it back. What would they? Try you can to hear say? it about. Yeah, what was it? You can hear about. I don't yeah. know, but you got to be careful there. Something along those lines. I think they were trying desperately to right. get Bart Scott to realize how quickly he was descending into the quicksand with that take. Um. Gee, I don't. I don't even look. I don't even know where to take it from there. I, it's newsworthy because yeah. it's stunning well, and it's shocking. Uh, um. I, I. I just. I don't think that. Well, Yes, I'll take it. I don't think I don't it? think I, I just don't think that that the NFL wants its product presented that way. I have a feeling yeah. somebody from 345 Park Avenue is making a phone call today if they didn't already yesterday to Bristol to explain their concern about the way Bart Scott characterized the players in the league. I, I think he's, you know, again, but Bart's a colorful guy. I know Bart a little bit. He's he's very, you know, in touch with football and and been on some great teams and knows the game. I, I, you know, I think he was having a little fun with the subject, trying to make a point a little here, you know, a point that I, I, I don't think is, you know, again, the league might not want it said, but I don't think it's like that crazy in the NFL world. Not, and again, hear, hear me out. Not, not that teams want guys that actually got felonies. It's not that he's trying to make more of the point of, you know, they don't want a bunch of boy scouts. There's gotta be a few guys in the locker room with some edge to them. There's got to be. There is. And I think that is standard protocol, you know, with a lot of football teams. You know, I've, I've, I've even heard stories of Belichick talking about that. That's why, you know, again, Randy Moss, Aqib Tlaib, love those type of guys because they brought an energy and a street kid to the locker room. They don't have felonies. I'm not trying to say that. I'm just saying there was something about them, an edge that you can bring to the locker room. I was on teams with plenty of personalities like that. You know, and, and, and I think that's the point he's trying to make. You know, you got a team that's just got, you know, too many good guys and yes, sir, no, sir, and everything that way. Yeah, the, the, at some point, things get ugly in a football field. And you need one guy that's out there going, we got to be crazy and get crazy and play better and set the example and show that. And usually it is that kind of guy that's, you know, again, not felonies, but got a little bit of an edge about him that brings it to your football team. And, and coaches and organizations do like that. And I think that's what Bart was trying to do. Maybe he just went too far.
In 2020, Devontae Wyatt, who was the 28th overall pick by the Green Bay Packers, he was charged with misdemeanor criminal trespass after having an argument with a woman he had lived with on and off. He allegedly kicked her door multiple times from the hallway, damaging the door and forcing it open. That's according to the University of Georgia police. Charges were dismissed several months later. So that's what he allegedly did that created the concern that gave Bart Scott the starting point. And I think the more artful way to put it, and I don't know that because Devontae Wyatt, see, I don't know that this take follows from why Devontae Wyatt got in trouble. Just because he got mad and kicked a door doesn't mean that he's one of the guys that's going to set the mentality you're talking about. I think more like Brian Dawkins. Sure. Like you you want a guy that is going to prepare the team to go out and get and engage in an inherently physical endeavor where one guy is banging against another guy over and over again all game long. And Brian Dawkins could get someone fired up without without any off-field clouds of any kind. Brian Dawkins had a way to pull the ripcord on the lawnmower for the entire team. Yeah. And so... If that's his point, it has nothing to do with what you do away from work. It's what you do in the locker room to get your team ready. I think what he wants is even more than that. He wants that attitude of when we get off the bus, yeah, everybody sure. pees a little bit. Right. 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 Everybody sees these guys and says, uh oh. Yes. Uh oh, we're in right. trouble today. Because they got some bad dudes, literally, on their team. No doubt. Well, we talk about this a lot during the season, right? You know, the Ravens are one of those teams every year. We go, well, if we went into just bar, you know, back alley, bar rule, bar room brawl, the Ravens are going to be one of those teams that we're going to, every year, we're going to go, the final four here. Yeah, because they, they believe that a little bit. They want big dudes that are a little bit mean and nasty that way. It doesn't mean felonies. You're right. Dawkins is a special, special entity that way very rare and that he could you know be one guy all week and then just be this other guy that that player doesn't usually exist usually the guy we're talking about yes he's emotional and tense and kind of the crazy guy on Sunday because he's also crazy the other six days of the week a little bit and yes he might have got in trouble because somebody messed with his friend and then he beat the crap out of the guy right and now he's got that but it's like in the NFL world people aren't going well He's a felon and what a bad guy. They're going, yeah, the guy stuck up for his friend and beat the crap out of some jerk. It's the kind of guy we want in our locker room. So I think that's what he was trying to portray a little bit. And again, I'm not trying to say felony or bad things that way. I'm just trying to, we're trying to paint the picture of, you know, yes, it's not choir boys in the NFL locker room all the time. Bottom line. Yeah. No matter how much the game has changed from a health and safety standpoint in the last 13 years, it is still a game that is premised on physicality exactly. and intimidation. Right. And that's, I think, I'm not trying to help Bart Scott yeah. out of the quicksand because I don't want to end up in it with him, but I think he's talking about the intimidation factor. The guys like that help you bring a level of intimidation that you otherwise Definitely. wouldn't have, and that is part of the basic human reality of football. No matter how much it's changed, no matter how much safer it's gotten, until they make it two-hand touch – that's going to be part of the allure of building a team. I think that's what he meant. Exactly. That's Maybe the way I say it, too. Wouldn't, he just was trying to be Wouldn't be the first time. Yes, exactly right. I'm, I'm with yep. you there. Yep. Sometimes, sometimes you got to be careful what you try to have fun with. I know. That's yeah. one thing that, that we've, we've learned yeah. over the years. All right, let's take a break. The 
NFL issued an announcement on Monday as it relates to the Cleveland Browns tanking allegation, but SI.com had a long article about it yesterday, and I actually have added to the reporting with something I obtained last night. We got some final thoughts on tanking versus rebuilding. Where is the line? More importantly, where does the NFL think the line is? We'll discuss that next on PFT Live. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Shakira, okay? Shakira, hips, 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 hips. Shakira, my hips don't lie. Move the hips. The hips, the hips. Move the hips. Good hips, good hips. Ballerina, Shakira, J-Lo, um, hip, I don't know. You can even dance to it, look at that. Your hips don't lie, your hips. Fiesta, salsa, salsa. A quinceanera? Anybody been a quinceanera? Najee Harris, always entertaining. First-round draft pick in 2021 of the Pittsburgh Steelers. I interviewed him a couple of weeks ago. He is a tour de force. Once he gets going, he is a lot of fun. He's going to be a great personality in the NFL for years to come, Chris. Yeah, he definitely is. He is. He's a good football player. He's got a great personality. He's got a great story. I mean, overcome obstacles, but uh, and always just seems to be happy and loving life. I mean, even there, there he is, you know, teaching kids, having fun, giving back to the community. Yeah, really awesome guy. Okay, so Cleveland Browns also in the same division as the Steelers. Browns up until recently have had a hard time competing with the Steelers, and that's relevant because the Browns tanking allegations that were kind of clumsily made by Hugh Jackson after the Brian Flores lawsuit was filed and the allegations came to light that Flores believes – Stephen Ross offered him $100,000 per loss in 2019. Hugh Jackson chimed in. It became something the NFL investigated. And one thing that we're learning is that this was a thing back in 2019 and 2020. Jackson actually filed an arbitration claim with the NFL in the secret rig kangaroo court. And sorry, I'm going to keep calling it that because that's what it is. But Jackson filed a claim because his his theory was – I went along with this four-year plan, and that's an important term to remember, four-year plan that the Browns had to rebuild, and basically they made me the scapegoat, they made me look like an idiot, they fired me before it came to fruition, et cetera, et cetera, they misled me, and here's the the bottom line. This four-year plan had specific incentives that, that were driven by factors, such as having more draft picks, having the youngest roster or among the youngest rosters in the league, carrying over cap space, not spending cash early on. And in the first two years, there was no factor in this list of incentives based on winning games. 2018, 2019, one of the factors was winning at least 10 games, nothing about winning the first two years. And when you look at all of it and you look at the specific factors, even though it never incentivized losing Chris, There are factors that if you achieve them, it's not conducive to winning, 
in the years where those factors were relevant. The NFL's position on all of it was this is part of a long-term rebuilding effort. It's not tanking. And I think the NFL, at least the way they handled this, they were looking for a smoking gun of a specific game, a specific situation, a specific time where someone was said, hey, if you go lose, I'll make it worth your while. Instead, what they had here was a broader strategy that incentivized certain things, didn't incentivize other things. And when you look at all of it, you say they didn't care about winning in 2016 and 2017. They prioritized factors that would help them win later. So it's a broader tanking strategy that they call rebuilding. But as I said last night on PFT, it's tomato, tomato, tanking, rebuilding. But the NFL gave them a pass, even though there was a problematic aspect, in my opinion, to the way that the Browns had structured their four-year rebuilding plan. Yeah, it's an interesting discussion. To me, it's a lot different than Stephen Ross asking Brian Flores to lose coach and lose games. Why the game is going on, to lose the game. That is tanking. I agree. This is, to me, I don't consider this tanking. I don't. First off, all the knowledge is there for betters, first off, to know this. Oh, wait, they didn't spend up to the salary cap. They left 15%. Oh, wait, this is their roster. It looks kind of crappy. Oh, wait, it's a bunch of young guys. So you have the information there to where it's not tanking to me that way. It's, it, it, there's a little difference here. I, I tend to agree with the NFL's outcome a little bit here. There's no rule that says they have to incentivize winning the first two years. Yeah, they weren't putting their best forward, foot forward and trying to win, no doubt about it, but it doesn't mean they were trying to lose either. It doesn't. It just means, like you said, they were kind of setting themselves up for the future. So that's where it's a little bit of a different discussion. And, you know, it, you know yeah, there's – there's a lot of teams that are rebuilding and doing it that way. Maybe this is more egregious, and, of course, it's the Browns to where it just seems like it went off the rails here and they were just always losing. It's just a bad look. But, you know, again, I, I think this cut falls under a little bit to me of they have the right to run their business the way they want to run it to set it up for the future at least a little bit. But where it becomes problematic is if you incentivize not spending money now, if you incentivize carrying cap space over to future years, if you incentivize stockpiling draft picks, the, if you incentivize having among the youngest rosters in the league, those are the kinds of things where if those incentives are achieved, the end result is a team that's not going to be as competitive as it could be. And the argument is we were strategically trying to make the team more competitive Two years, later. three years, right, right, right. But, but And we need to take a break, But but this is the one thing where – it comes down to the eye of the beholder, and this is why the commissioner is the one who shouldn't be making these decisions. And frankly, what happened was in Hugh Jackson's arbitration, it never even got to the merits of his claims because he had signed a release yeah. to get his buyout. Right. The release that Brian Flores refused to sign and didn't get his buyout in Miami, Jackson signed his release and then filed the arbitration claim later. But the commissioner points out that there was no incentive to get the highest possible draft pick. There was an incentive to get... 11 or 10 draft picks. Well, one of the ways you get 11 and 10 draft picks is you start with a high position in each round, which the worst teams get, and you trade down. That's one of the ways you get more draft picks. So I I feel like this could have gone either way if the league wanted it to. And if the league wanted to make an argument 
because we saw what the league did with the Deflategate evidence, and it reached a conclusion that I don't think the evidence, as harvested, supported, but it still wanted to reach that conclusion. And I disagree. I think with if you. the NFL yes. want, I know, I know, I know, mm-hmm. you can disagree with facts and science all you want, but I, I wonder if. If the commissioner wanted to get the Browns, I think there would have been enough there to say that the mere existence of this four-year plan, the factors that were articulated the first two years, show that the team, even if it didn't incentivize losing, it definitely didn't incentivize factors that led to winning. So that's the end result. We, we wrote a letter or we wrote an item based upon the letter that was sent by the commissioner to the Browns explaining his conclusion. His conclusion was it's rebuilding, not tanking. And we'll see what that means to Stephen Ross where it's and the Dolphins. Yeah. In the other investigation that the same person, Mary Jo White, is conducting. All right, let's That's where a it's break. a slippery slope. Live. That's a slippery slope, well, though. Because it's rebuilding. If they can prove it. You know, at rebuilding, you're going to be able to say that about every rebuilding team to a degree, a little bit. You know, they're gonna we're gonna go. Well, they they held back assets in here and did this for this year, and we're gonna go. What is that tanking? And at some point, it's rebuilding. And 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 and. Okay, go ahead. Forget it. Forget it. Go ahead. Go ahead. And no, I, I, the I, science I, involved in the gate stuff is is bullcrap. By released by who? All right, all right, Come on. There right, you go. That's all right. That's yeah, all right. I just told read you the temperature of the it. thing a few weeks ago. You didn't even know. Read about Stop it in playmakers. It. Stop read about it. it in playmakers. Yeah, it ain't right. Um, Sorry. Well, Sorry. I'll get the chapter. Well, not right. We'll be back with more PFT live right after this. There are many Ryan Fitzpatrick's in the world. Oh, my gosh. No, there's just one. There's just one. He just played for all those teams. That's amazing. That is just awesome. That is just awesome. A lot of jerseys in the Ryan Fitzpatrick household. And who knows? Maybe there'll be another one. We don't hear much about Ryan Fitzpatrick. He's available. Could there be an 11th Ryan Fitzpatrick jersey? Could he get up to more than a third of the league's teams? We can only hope. One team that Ryan Fitz did he play for the Falcons at some point? That may be one I of the teams so. he did not play for. Maybe maybe they would like to add him to the quarterback room. They added Desmond Ritter over the weekend. I asked their general manager Terry Fontenot yesterday what made them draft Desmond Ritter ahead of the other available quarterbacks. Here's what Fontenot told me. Yeah, so so at that point, he he truly was. He was the best guy uh, off the board, and we were excited to take him off because. We spent time with with Desmond as we did the other quarterbacks throughout the process, and I remember going into Cincinnati and and after he worked out, getting to sit in a room with him, and we talked to him a lot, and and he went through um, how they brought that program to a different level, and and he he talked about he was very selfless and humble in the way he talked about his teammates and the coaching staff and what they did. I think it's special what they're able to do at Cincinnati, raising that that program to another level, and you knew we had a player that. He does have a chip on his shoulder. He always has felt like he has something to prove. And he's one of those guys that whether he goes in the first round or the seventh round, he's going to be that type of worker that brings it every day. So uh, we're excited to take Desmond at that time, excited about the time we spent with him, and we're excited to get him here so he can go to work. If you pay attention to the headlines of Pro Football Talk, and I know you do, you may have seen that Matt Ryan recently said that but for the pursuit of Deshaun Watson, he'd still be with the Falcons. Do you agree with his assessment of the way things could have fallen out differently? I, I don't know. Um, I haven't seen, I usually do. Uh, I do pay attention to pro football talk and I, I click refresh on that a lot, obviously, but, but I haven't seen that yet. And um, I don't know the context that it was in, but look, Matt Ryan is a, is a special man 
and and the type of professional that he is, we appreciated our uh, opportunity to spend an entire year with him and, and his family. And he's awesome. We appreciate the Colts throughout that whole process. Everything was handled with a high level of professionalism and we're happy for him and where he is now. And we're moving forward and um, we're excited about our quarterback room. One more as soon as, as soon as I get off this call, I'm going to go to PFT and catch up on the news that I haven't caught Ooh, up on. Good. That's good. That's very good. And that means <laughs> I'm going to let you go quicker so you can get to it. We need the, we need the traffic. I asked him I asked him one more question about who pursued whom with Deshaun Watson because remember you had said yeah. that Watson actually reached out to the Falcons with the request that they pursue him. He he, he I knew he probably wouldn't give me an answer right. but I figured I would try anyway. Good try. So he, Way to he, go. He said he's he's, he's he's with another team and we don't want to rehash all those things. Right. right. He didn't deny it. He didn't, he didn't deny, deny it. it. Yep. Although although right. I didn't pay I didn't couch it that way. I said who reached out to whom not yeah, so isn't it true that he reached out to you and asked you to get in the pursuit? Because it really is something to think that this 14-year relationship with Matt Ryan comes crashing down all because of the yeah. pursuit of Deshaun Watson, and Ryan seems to think that that's the case. Yeah, no, it, it is. It's crazy. Uh, I mean, the, the you know, arguably the best player in the history of the franchise you know, got pushed out the door by whatever, either the flirting or Deshaun Watson calling them, them calling him. Yeah. Uh, I was led to believe that he called them to to get that conversation going, but uh, I I would think Matt Ryan's still there, no doubt about it. I, I would, and I don't know. You know it's it, it's the ripple effect. Is Desmond Ritter there? If Matt Ryan's still there, do they drop the quarterback? I don't know. Uh, but that's where they are right now, and you know they had to make some moves, and they got to start thinking about the future, and that's why they got Ritter. Ritter, though, as you hear there. You know, he the guy is awesome, but not one thing said about what he does on the football field. And that, to me, stands out with a lot of people who talk about Ritter. And I, that's what I got to see. I got to see some things on the field that get a little bit better and improve. You'll see the full Terry Fontenot interview at PFT or at our YouTube page, youtube.com slash NBC Sports. Others that you'll find there currently include the Stephen Jones interview from earlier. Brett Veach, the Chiefs GM, had a long conversation with him. Brandon Bean from earlier this week. We've got four coming today. Kevin Colbert of the Steelers, outgoing GM there. George Payton of the Broncos. Joe Shane of the Giants and Chris Ballard of the Colts. So wow, I have to actually time. work this afternoon. Wow. I have wow. to work this afternoon. When, when PFTPM went on hiatus, I thought my days would open up. I foolishly have scheduled eight of these and counting. So uh, four more today, but you'll see them at PFT. We've got to take a break. When we return, we're going to draft the rookies who will have the biggest immediate impact in the NFL. We'll do that next here on PFT Live. Hey, Derek, you excited, man? Yes, sir, I am. Thank you. Got a plan for you. How about going to the number one receiver every time? Sound good? Sounds good to me. Just welcome to, to our team. We're pretty pumped up. We're going to do a lot of good things, all right? Yes, sir. Sounds like Lovey Smith wrote a little check there that they may not be able to honor. He's going to travel with the number one receiver. Is that how you took what he said? Uh, yeah, I, I was a little surprised by that. You know, that was one of the reasons I did not think Derek Stingley would go there at number three. I mean, Lovey Smith and his history in the NFL has not really valued the man-to-man shutdown island corner. He's kind of famous for Tampa two playing cover two. Uh, I should have looked up the numbers here before this uh, this segment started to give you maybe a basis there. 
but I would bet that the Texans played more as, as much cover two as anybody in football last year, and that's where I found the, the pick interesting. All right, today's draft, the rookies who will make the most immediate impact in the NFL. Any round, any pick, any position, any player, Chris, you're up first. Well, I'm going to go with Aiden Hutchinson. I just feel like that's the one that jumps out to me more than anything. It, it, it's, it's all of it. It's not only the play on the football field and you know the talent and intensity he can bring there that's like very T.J. Watt-ish, uh, but then, of course, he's, he's, he is very talented. He's going to be a force. And then I think when you encompass that – as far as what the what he means to the state of Michigan and the city of Detroit, and how he's you know one of the the, the guys from that area that's just special to that group of people, uh, I, I look at him as being one of the ones that has a, a great immediate impact in a lot of different ways for that football team. I'm going with Kenny Pickett. Walks through the door as the presumptive starter in Pittsburgh. I don't think that. Mitch Trubisky is going to win that job. I think they're going to ride with Pickett. They used that first-round pick on him for a reason. They accompany him with Najee Harris. They've got great receivers. They drafted a couple more. I think Pickett, he's going to be touching the ball every single play. He's got a chance to have an immediate impact in Pittsburgh. Chris. Yeah, I, I don't. I, that's, it's hard to deny that. You're right. I mean, definitely. I mean, it seems like he's going to have a real competition with Mitch Trubisky, and we'll see where it goes. Um, you know, they got, they got some similar things about their game, so that'll be interesting. I think I'm I'm going to go the second round. I'm going to Christian Watson, Green Bay Packers second round pick, the receiver from North Dakota State. I just look at him, and again, I think a lot of these receivers are going to have an impact. But in Green Bay, I almost look at it like he's got to have an impact, and he will because we've talked about it, lack of talent, lack of players at the position altogether, and he is going to be by far, by far the most physically gifted receiver on their roster. So to me, there's one where I just feel like they're going to – they're going to know, figure out how to use him and what ways to use him and all that, and I think he'll be a big target for Rodgers this year. I'm going to go back to a common theme. Traylon Burks, the Arkansas receiver yeah. who goes to Tennessee, he walks through the door as the number one guy. Right. Robert Woods coming off an ACL tear. Traylon Burks is the guy. They're going to find ways to get him the football, and he's going to have an impact. Now, I don't know how great it's going to be, but he's going to be a huge part of that offense from day one. Yeah, I agreed there. I, I wrote him down as well. I mean, I, Burks, I mean, it's almost they're, they're going to they're gonna make sure that he's an immediate impact and that he touches the ball. And they're going to design plays for him. I mean, they got it. They got to jumpstart him, get in confidence. And I think, yeah, that's exactly what Green Bay might do with Christian Watson. All right, third pick. Damn, this is a hard one here. This is a hard one. All right, I think I'm going to go with Kenneth Walker for the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, it just seems to fit the way they want to play. Sledgehammer and, you know, I run you over, break your ankles, run by you, whatever you want to do. Uh, I, I look at him as being like the new attitude setter up there in Seattle, and I think that's the style of football they love up there. I'm going to go with the guy who was the next-to-last pick in round two, mm. James Cook, oh, of Dalvin Cook, Buffalo Bills. Yeah. Because and and you know, we get so caught up in round one, round one, round one. Well, where do all the running backs land now? They ran, they land in round two. That's where Jonathan Taylor was picked. That's where Derrick Henry was picked. Bottom around, that's where Dalvin Cook was selected back in 2017. I just think James Cook. When you consider how desperately they need a change of pace, somebody to take, even even if it's he's not going to be between the tackles, but he's somebody who can get the ball in space. Exactly. No behind doubt. the line of scrimmage. Right. And make things happen, 
going to be a great compliment to yes. what they already have in Buffalo and exactly what they need. They need a running back who can make an impact, and I think it's going to be James Cook. I, I'm, I'm with you there, and, and I think you said it right, too. You look at all the running backs in the second round between Cook, Kenneth Walker, and even Brees Hall for the Jets. Like I think they're immediate impact running backs for their team. And Cook, I wrote them down for the reasons you said. You're exactly right. Spread it out. Josh Allen running around the field. Oh, Diggs isn't open. Gabriel Davis ain't open. Oh, here you go, Cook. Run. Oh, you got three rockets up your butt? See you later. Whoa, he's flying around the field. He's perfect for them. I, I agree with you. Immediate impact all the way. Let's go ahead and take a break. When we return, there are four international games this year, three in London, one in Germany. We'll let you know who's playing whom and where when we wrap up this Wednesday edition of PFT Live right after this. Hello, London. Hello, London. There are the international games. The first wave to be played... To be played in London, too, at Tottenham Hotspur, which they have refurbished to make it both a soccer and football arena. The Vikings at the Saints on October the 2nd, an early morning start, 9.30 a.m. Eastern yes. time. I love those games. Ruin, Break them out. Ruin Give us Florio's day on early on a Sunday. I like it. it. Oh, I well, I don't know. <laughs> it's better for the Vikings to play the Saints in in London than it is to play them in the Superdome. I saw how that went on Christmas Day in 2020. The hell with that. Then you've got the Giants at the Packers a week later. First international game, first London game for the Green Bay Packers. They were the last team to play in London. The Giants avoid having to go to Lambeau Field, so good for them. And then Wembley on October 30. All three of these are early morning games. The Broncos and the Jaguars at Wembley. The Jaguars have become the de facto team that plays a home game in London every year. And then Germany for the first time ever, November 13, another early. There are four Sundays where the pregame shows become superfluous. Sorry about that, ESPN and NFL Network. Nobody cares about your pregame shows those mornings because we got football. Seattle and the Buccaneers, they entered the league together. Now they're going to get together for the first time ever in Germany, a regular season game. I like that. I like that. The NFL yeah. branching out internationally. Yeah, I, I like it too. I mean, at first off, th- all three games, I mean, you know, you get to see some traditional NFC powerhouses there. The Jags get to play their, you know, de facto home game. The Germany one's really cool to me, though. First time, real regular season game. Very smart to bring Brady over there. Make sure it gets kicked off, you know, the right way with the the right fanfare and all that. But, damn, that's some trip for Seattle. Going across the world to play a game is not going to be easy. I I wonder if it's faster to go the other way to fly over Asia. I know. I was <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. Which way do you go? Halfway <laughs> around the globe. Ooh. Well, maybe just go over the top. Maybe that's what they do. Just go right over the right over the North Pole. I don't know. I don't but, know. But uh, yeah, it's coming. It's coming. Schedule release next week too. PFT Live tomorrow. Chris Sims unbutton taping later today. All sorts of crap going on. Thanks for some of your time. See you See tomorrow ya. morning. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.